Hi, I'm Colleen, your host of The Good News Podcast. And I'm Neil, the other host. The Good News Podcast is your source for good news, fun stories, auditory delight, and sonic joy. We're bringing all of this goodness to you from the Cards Against Humanity studios in Chicago. Yesterday, we talked with Casey and Christopher, two Chicago authors who are working on a book called Art Damaged, all about art that has been damaged, art that has been restored through history. Today's episode is three reenactments of some of these instances of art getting damaged. Cringe factor. Cringe factor a thousand. Cringe factor one million. Okay, so we're going to start by just, we're going to tell a few of the stories that are going to be included in the book and also in our talks to, to kind of set the stage. These are the, the more good news stories, so they're not as just acid destroying a piece of work. So in 1989, uh, a critic and curator, his name was Ed Brzezinski, uh, he was attending the opening reception for a show at the Paula Cooper Gallery in New York. So there were sculptures by the artist Robert Gober, and these sculptures were commonplace objects. So there were a metal drain, a wedding dress, a bag of kitty litter. Gober, the artist, he said, Natural history dioramas about contemporary human beings. It was a survey of banal items that combined the real and the illusory. So uh, Brzezinski's there uh, the opening night. He's walking through. He's enjoying some free alcohol as he perused. And he noticed a bag of plain donuts in a white uh, paper bag. So he thinks to himself, you know, a fellow attendee had left the treats and forgotten them. So he proceeded to reach in and uh, take a bite. Mmm. Donuts. Ah, pistachio. It, it turns out, though, that this was actually one of Gober's chemically treated sculptures. Mm. Oh. So later when interviewed, Brzezinski, uh, he later explained. Look, it was an honest mistake. I was hungry. I'd been drinking and I hadn't eaten anything all day. I noticed this bag of donuts sitting on a pedestal. Plain donuts with no sugar. I figured somebody had brought them and then gotten tired of them. So I grabbed one and bit it. It tasted stale. So the gallery attendants immediately noticed what Brzezinski had done and threw him out of the space. So by this time, he started to feel ill because it, uh, it was treated in something called Roplex, which is a preservative chemical. So Brzezinski later recalled, I threw up. An ambulance took me to St. Vincent's Hospital. They said that if the chemical was dry, it goes right out of your system. If it had been liquid, it would have killed me. So he was soon released and fully recovered, and the sculpture was destroyed, but later it was replaced. What's upsetting me is how the art community is now acting like I was a saboteur. And he concluded, <laughs> This won't be good for my career. In the fall of 1964, Andy Warhol was contacted by an artist named Dorothy Podburn, who asked if she could visit his famed factory studio on East 47th Street. Warhol agreed. Podber appeared later that day dressed in black leather, wearing white gloves, and accompanied by a Great Dane that she'd named Carmen Miranda. Upon entering the studio, she asked Warhol, Could I shoot some of your paintings? Assuming she met with a camera, Warhol agreed. At which point, Podber pulled out a pistol and fired at a stack of silk-screened portraits of Marilyn Monroe, piercing the canvases through Marilyn's brow. Podber, who later said of her act, It was an artistic happening, was quickly ejected from the space. Warhol, meanwhile, had an interesting response. Rather than throw the damaged paintings away, he had them patched up, retitled them The Shot Marilyn's, and used this bizarre backstory as a selling point. And sure enough, one of the paintings, The Shot Red Marilyn, sold at auction for $4 million in 1989, the highest price ever paid for one of his works at the time. 
So in 2016, there was footage of ISIS destroying the ancient city of Nimrud outside Mosul, Iraq. Uh, using sledgehammers and electric drills, the militants were, destroyed, uh, were destroying centuries-old archaeological gems, including numerous statues and wall reliefs. But while the rest of the world looked on helplessly, a 17-year-old Iraqi rolled up his sleeves and got to work. Trained by his father, an amateur artist, Nainus Tabit had long enjoyed sculpture as a hobby outside of his schoolwork. But in the wake of ISIS attacks, he embraced his craft in earnest as he began meticulously and systematically recreating the lost artifacts. For Tabit, an Assyrian Christian, the 3,000-year-old city and its cultural relics was a source of pride. He considers the artifacts of Nimrud to be work of his ancestors. They waged a war on art and culture, so I decided to fight them with art. Working in a modest apartment in the Kurdish city of Erbil, where Tabit and his family took refuge after fleeing Mosul, the young artist has meticulously carved over 20 Assyrian statues as well as a large-scale mural. In Iraq, there are people who are killed because they are sculptors, because they are artists. So continuing to sculpt is a message that we will not be intimidated by those devils. Upon graduation, Tabit hopes to attend art school in the Kurdish city of Dohuk next year. My dream is to become a prominent artist in Iraq, to make my country proud and show the world that we in Iraq love life and cherish our heritage. So I think that's great news. That's right. great that's news. Great yeah, news. it's cool. a really sweet story. Thanks for listening. Do you have good news? Awesome. Or maybe you want to tell us a joke or idea? That's amazing. Email us at goodnews at cardsagainsthumanity.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 773-217-0156. You can also tweet us at the Good News Pod. And if you love the Good News Podcast, review us on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. Most of our music is by Poddington Bear. Same place, same time, tomorrow.